Welcome to the How to Find Joy podcast. If you are currently feeling unhappy, overwhelmed, stuck in a rut, or simply need a boost of hope, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, June Supunpuk, also known as Joy Guy June, and I'm here to give you honest conversations on how to find joy through this messy thing called life. My intention is to share practical tips on how to get back on the path towards joy, show you examples of what that could look like for you, and help you feel more inspired and connected to your own definition of success, power, and true happiness. If you're ready to learn what's possible, the How to Find Joy podcast is here for you. So let's get this pot started. Woohoo! Hello, everybody, and happy Monday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and you weren't freezing your ass off like me. <laughs> I think we're in the single digits now, which is kind of bonkers. And I am just not built for this weather. My tropical blood is not is not loving it. But I did get some good old-fashioned cuddle time, and I got to watch some movies and be with my husband and our cat, Jax, and just got to relax. And today on this Sunday, I started reading Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, again. And I don't know if you've read it before, but it's so good. Oh my gosh, if you're a nerd alert like me and you love just understanding things and looking at research and discovering meanings of words. Oh, this one's so good. Because this one, this book, explains some of the fundamental words we often use as humans. But you may not like actually understand the difference or nuances of the word. Like jealousy versus envy. I think I used those terms interchangeably for a really long time. And now because of this book, I do not. And I also understand more deeply because of this book, shame, guilt, humiliation, you know, the things that Brene is known for, but like based on her research, what those actually mean, like what does happiness actually mean and what does, you know, relief mean, all kinds of things. But of course, you best believe my eyes and ears perked up when I saw the word joy across the page And it was actually something that I was like, oh, okay, cool. I wonder what Brene is going to say about joy. And then I turned the page and it said foreboding joy. And I was like, foreboding joy? What is this? What are you? Tell me more. And I have never heard of it. I don't know if you have, but I've heard of like upper limits, but definitely not this. So naturally, my little Sherlock Holmes self immediately read the passage and just nom, nom, nommed on every word. And lo and behold, I discovered that not only do I actually know foreboding joy, like we've been besties for years kind of thing, but I'm actually still guilty of doing this exact thing many times in my life to this day. So let's find out if you do this too and it's actually keeping you from feeling happy and just kind of making you feel kind of like ick and meh towards life all the time. So this is actually kind of a short passage, so I'm going to go ahead and read it, but the title of the passage from Brene's book is called Foreboding Joy and she says, When I give talks, people always seem surprised by the finding that joy is the most vulnerable human emotion. Given that I study fear and shame, people are hesitant to believe that something as positive as joy can make us squirm. 
Then I share what is almost certainly the most surprising finding for most people. If you are afraid to lean into good news, wonderful moments, and joy, if you find yourself waiting for the other shoe to drop, you are not alone. It's called foreboding joy. And most of us experience it. Okay, I'm going to read that part again because (laughs) that was really important. So it says, what is foreboding joy? If you're afraid to lean into good news, wonderful moments, and joy, if you find yourself waiting for the other shoe to drop, you are not alone. It is called foreboding joy and most of us experience it. And she goes on to say, foreboding joy is one of those practically universal experiences that everyone thinks of as something only they do. A few people don't experience it, but most of us do. And when it comes to parents, 95% of the parents we interviewed experience foreboding joy with their children. When we lose our tolerance for vulnerability, joy becomes foreboding. No emotion is more frightening than joy because we believe if we allow ourselves to feel joy, we are inviting disaster. We start to dress rehearse, We start dress rehearsing tragedy in the best moments of our lives in order to stop vulnerability from beating us to the punch. We are terrified of being blindsided by pain, so we practice tragedy and trauma. But there's a huge cost. When we push away joy, we squander the goodness that we need to build resilience, strength, and courage. Ooh! That is juicy. I'm going to read it again. We go one more time. When we push away joy, we squander the goodness that we need to build resilience, strength, and courage. The good news? In our research, we found that everyone who showed a deep capacity for joy had one thing in common. They practiced gratitude. In the midst of joy, there's often a quiver, a shudder of vulnerability. Rather than using that as a warning sign to practice imagining the worst case scenario, the people who lean into joy use the quiver as a reminder to practice gratitude. Oh, that's so good. Claps, claps. I love it. I love it. So first off, I have personally seen firsthand that joy is the most vulnerable human emotion because time after time, client after client, I have seen People have come to me as their joy guide, become terrified of feeling joy in fear of the pain that may or may not come afterwards. And I legit just said may or may not come. And oftentimes it doesn't come. And I struggle that with that as well, right? So I actually know that I have experienced foreboding joy because I actually grew up seeing both of my parents use that in our everyday lives. Whenever something good happened or if, you know, we got good news or, you know, I got a second round of interviews or we had someone wanting to buy our house when we wanted to sell it. I mean, I watched my parents automatically say, well, don't get your hopes up or we'll see or we will wait to celebrate, you know, kind of like that, but with Thai accents. And I have caught myself always doing that same technique as a coping strategy for disappointment. It was almost like, not always, but like a default of my being was to do foreboding joy. And of course, did that coping strategy work? Hell yes, it did, which is why we kept doing it. Because when something bad did happen in the very 
rare times that it did. Boy, were my parents and I prepared. Ha! There you take that pain. You can't catch us this time. <laughs> but, you know, I'm also recognizing that when I was reading this passage, I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Even as prepared as we were with our foreboding joy, the pain still got us. It got me, it got them. And more often than not, like we were preparing for tragedy and no tragedy ever came. So in the end, collectively, we just kind of learned, like almost mastered how to stifle our joy and stay mediocrely happy or unhappy so we could like shove it down until it was safe to let the joy out. But by the time it was safe to let the joy out, it was so dull and kind of like limp that it could never match the feeling of absolute elation of when we first heard whatever the good news was. I mean, have you all ever done that? And I I know that they said most of the people have gone through it, but I'd love to hear from you. Have you ever done that? So if you have, let's just take a moment right now and call in some of that self-compassion and self-love for ourselves because there's obviously no need to feel ashamed or guilty that you do foreboding joy because Brene wouldn't want us to do that anyways. But I just want you to be on the lookout for that from now on, right? So if you have something that's just amazing, and it makes you so happy and it's utterly incredible and you downright want to do a happy dance, feel the joy, please. (laughs) Let the joy in. Like I've said time and time again, joy is not like this shiny, elitist, exclusive thing that only a certain set of people can feel. Joy is a practice. And just like getting better at sports or getting better at a language feeling good takes genuine devotion and practice. Okay. Feeling good takes genuine practice. So if you sense the creepy crawlies of foreboding joy have started slithering into your body, the next time you hear good news or something amazing happens to you, please go ahead and do as Brene said, and use the quiver as a reminder to practice gratitude and say, you know what? Thank you foreboding joy for trying to keep me safe and showing up right now. And then promptly just like shake your body of all the fear. I mean like jump up and down and wiggle your whole body. (laughs) Um, Like do it right now. Oh my gosh, shaking the foreboding joy out. (laughs) And you want to wiggle your way out of the foreboding joy and just fully and wholeheartedly just dance your way into the good news the wonderful moments, and of course, the spectacular joy, because frankly, you deserve it. As always, if you found the How to Find Joy podcast helpful, please be sure to share with your loved ones or leave a review. And if you're looking for more information about each episode, our guests, or any resources we mentioned, you can easily find them all below in the show notes. If you'd like more content, you can follow me at JoyGuyJune on Instagram, TikTok, and in the near future, YouTube. And if you're ready to tap into your magical gifts and start living your highest potential, you can also do one-on-one private coaching with me. Learn more about my Joy Guidance program on my website at www.joyguidejune.com.